You're listening to a message from Victory Dumaguete. Good day everyone. We are on a series called Perspective. Now as we go to Psalm 23 now, I'd like to ask everyone to go and pick your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 23. For those who have just joined us, we are using the ESV. Let's read Psalm 23 now. It says here, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Then I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now we will look into verse 4. It says here, Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So first and foremost, uh, before we proceed, just as a reminder, In order for us to grasp the beauty of this verse that we're looking at here today, it would be good for us to be able to watch the recorded sermons from the past two Sundays. Because those two sermons actually build to this and will build to the succeeding sermons that we will have. Just to reiterate, everything that we will talk about here in verse 4 stands on the premise that God is our shepherd. We find that in the first clause of verse 1. It says here, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. God being our shepherd, just as a reminder for all of us, is the legit picture of the care emoji. Now we said that the word the Lord here is actually the personal name of God revealed to Moses in the burning bush. And then we figured out that this name Lord actually means I am who I am, which reveals to us two attributes about God, namely his timelessness, and his self-sufficiency. Now, come to think about that for a while. If you are a Christian, I'd like for you to understand that the timeless God and the self-sufficient God is your shepherd. That's why we said that truth brings such confidence in us every time we encounter crises or disasters in our life. Now, let's move on to verse 4. It says here, Psalm 23, verse 4. David now says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, he says, they comfort me. Now, in order for us to understand this, we need to first know what the backdrop of this verse is. What is the backdrop of verse 4? Before we go into that, we have to look first at the backdrop, perhaps, of the first three verses. Allow me to read this for a while. Psalm 23, verses 1 to 3. It says here, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. If you start reading verses 1 down to verse 3, it gives us a picture that the backdrop of this verses, the first few verses, are what? Are green pastures hillside, and still waters. Imagine that maybe for a while, the backdrop of those are green pastures, the hillside where the shepherd will lead the sheep, 
and still waters. Other translation says quiet waters. Okay, having that as a backdrop, I'd like to tell everyone that that is like what? The calm before the storm. Alright, that is like the calm before the storm. Why? Because the dramatic backdrop of verse 4 is actually a scary one and it can be summarized in these words. The valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death. Here, the backdrop is different. Should you remember, just to remind every single one of us, the flock of sheep is led by the shepherd himself. From the hillside, okay, from the green pasture towards where? Towards the mountain tops on summertime. In order for the shepherd to bring them there, to get them there, they will have to pass through what? They will have to pass through dangerous valleys. And this is the backdrop that we have here. So the question perhaps for us to understand this is this. What dangers constitute this passage? Perhaps if you start studying this, you'd come to understand that the dangers that constitute this passage are probably these things. It could be rampaging rivers. And you know this, I mentioned this last Sunday, the flock of sheep, they don't want to have anything to do with any water that has ripples. All they want is quiet waters and still waters. Okay, not just that. In the valley, there could be a sudden flood or there could be an avalanche or perhaps rock slides. Or if not rock slides, it could be mud slides. In the valley, there are also poisonous plants. Not just that. As we understand, in the valley, there are a lot of what? There are a lot of predators lurking around and hiding behind the rocks. That is why in this junction of Psalm 23, the tone of David changes. Now it turns to address the shepherd directly. The personal pronouns, I and you, enter in this conversation. Remember, I told you about the structure that John Piper observed with regards to Psalm 23. He starts saying that, you know, you cannot talk in length about God without ending up talking to God. And this is what's happening here. At this junction in verse 4, it becomes a most intimate discourse of a deep affection. In the peaceful places, the green pastures, the hillside, the still waters, in the peaceful places, David referred to God as he. In the dangerous valley, such as the one we see here in verse 4, David refers to God as you. We start asking why, and I'd like to quote okay, one of my office mates. Okay, here's what he said. He said, the reason for this is, mas mahidul ta sa Diyos amahan at tubangan sa panahong peligro. I remember a time, it was a Sunday afternoon, wherein we needed to rush our dogs to a local veterinarian for her to undergo a surgery. Our dog, as some of you know, is so clingy to us. And that was the first time that she was, you know, left to someone's care because she needed to be in the surgery room for a couple of hours. So finally, after surgery, we took her, brought her home with us. And of course, just like any other surgeries, after a week, we needed to bring back our dog to the veterinarian for a follow-up checkup. As we parked the car and opened the door at the back to take our dog, I was surprised because she mastered all the strength that she has to what? To pull the entire weight of her body backwards simply because she recognizes the place and she wouldn't want to go down because of fear. Let me talk about fear for a while, friends. And let's talk about this specific word, the fear that we find here in Psalm 23 verse 4. It says here, 
even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The word fear here, in its original Hebrew is the word yare, which means odd to the point of withdrawing. You're overwhelmed that you wanted to withdraw. And it can also mean irrational fright. The Greek equivalent of this word fear in the New Testament is the word phobos, which means withdrawal or fleeing because you feel inadequate. Now, let me just ask this question for a while, having that in your mind. An irrational fright and feeling inadequate. Because of that, you become a fearful person. Has that ever occurred to you? Have you ever wanted to withdraw because of an irrational fright? Okay, take note of the word irrational. Have you ever felt wanting to flee because you feel inadequate? If you look at Psalm 23, 4, it says here, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the words valley of the shadow of death is actually one word in its original Hebrew. And that is the word samuet, which means deepest darkness or black gloom. All right, figuratively, it simply means the deepest trial, feeling like one is in abject darkness or death shadow. Now, let me ask this. Para po sa ating lahat, ganyan po ba itsura ng problema natin? Is that how our situation looks like? Is this how our life looks like right now? Is it a picture of deepest darkness? Is it a picture of black gloom? Is it a picture of death shadow? Ang pangalan lang po ng X-Men. But come to think about that for a while. We don't just thoughtlessly or mindlessly toss the words valley of the shadow of death. Because it talks about something that is so deep. That's why it says here it's deepest darkness or black gloom. So let me ask these few questions for a while. Is your finance in deepest darkness? Is your marriage in deepest darkness? Is this how our life looks like? Do you feel like your future is in deepest darkness? Are your grades in deepest darkness? Is your mental health in deepest darkness? How about your spiritual life? Is your spiritual life in deepest darkness? Is your purity in deepest darkness? Your relationship with God, is it in deepest darkness? My friend, if you answered yes to any of those questions or to some of those questions, then welcome to the valley of the shadow of death. In fact, this word Samuel right here has also been used in some occasions in the Old Testament. And it always refers to something tragic. It always refers to something disastrous. It always refers to something that looks like a calamity. It always refers to something bad. Case in point, it talks about, in the word Samuel also talks about grave or the underworld in Job chapter 10, verse 21 to 22. It also talks about darkness of a dungeon as stated in Psalm 107, verse 10. It also talks about the pathless desert in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 6. It also talks about the drought of the blinding darkness of a sandstorm and metaphorically of affliction in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. In Job chapter 16 verse 16, okay, it talks about the dull or heavy look that grief wears. You see, when you say valley of the shadow of death, this is no easy thing. This is a serious one. And a lot of us today are in the valley of the shadow of death. An aspect of our life, or perhaps the entirety of our life, if you feel like, is in this place right here. You know, Addison's paraphrase, 
to these specific words here, he says, Though in the path of death I tread, with gloomy horrors overhead. Now what we want to do here over the next few minutes, we will try to deconstruct fear as we look at the very words of Psalm chapter 23 verse 4. As we look at this, understand that our goal here is to tame or remove the pants of fear upon every single one of us as we understand that our shepherd is near. Let us read again. Psalm 23 verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now here are the truths that I want us to know, or I want us to remember every time you are gripped by fear, or every time you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, Whatever disaster, circumstance, calamity, problems that you may be in, think about these things right here. First, it is but a walk. Secondly, it is but a valley. And third, it is but a shadow. Let's look at the first one for a while. It is but a walk. It says here, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We understand, we did mention this the past two Sundays, that going to the mountaintops entail long drives. The sheep move along slowly together with the shepherd, the shepherd leading them, and they feed as they go. They do that gradually, working their way up the mountains. The shepherd would lead the flock, guess what? He would lead the flock gently but persistently, gently but persistently up the paths that wind through the dark valleys. Here's what I want us to understand. Friends, Victory Dumaguete. It is but a walk. Say that with me for a while. It is but a walk. It says here, even though I walk through, meaning to say, your time in the valley of the shadow of death is but a season. It is but a season. No one said that you're going to take root in the valley of the shadow of death. No one said that you're going to come in the valley of the shadow of death. No one said that you're going to take residence in the valley of the shadow of death. It is but a season. It is a walkthrough. It says it is a walkthrough. It does not even say that you will die there. It doesn't say that you will die there. Sometimes I understand the overwhelming, sometimes when we are overwhelmed with our problems, it makes us feel like we want to die. You know, sometimes when we are faced with a difficult situation, what do we say? Sometimes we say stuff like that. Take note, this is a walk through to the mountaintop. If you step now, then how will you experience the table that the Lord has prepared for you on the mountaintop? That is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul reminds the Corinthian church, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. It is not until we have walked with Him through some of the very deep troubles that we discover that He can lead us to find refreshment in Him right there in the midst of difficulty. Here's an interesting thing. The word walk here, and even though I walk through the word walk here, in its Hebrew, is the word halak, which means proceed. Halak po to, hindi po alak. Kasi pagka alak po yan, di mahirapan ka pong mag-walk through. Baka malaglag ka pa sa valley, malaglag ka pa sa mountain. It's halak, which means proceed. 
simply means if you say it's proceed, it gives us a picture that in the Christian life, all we need to do is to move forward, is to move on, trusting that our shepherd is nearby. Trusting that our shepherd is nearby. We also have to note that as much as the valley of the shadow of death is a scary place. If you ask me, it is a pretty scary place. But as much as we know that this is a pretty scary place, David did not say, as I run through. He says, as I walk through. Come to think of this, friends. Malamang po kapag takot tayo, tumatakbo tayo. But David here says, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the flock is moved along gently. They are not carried. That is what the shepherd would do to his sheep. Left on our own, truth of the matter is, we will not walk. We will run. The very definition of the word fear in Hebrew and in Greek, it always talks about us running in fright. But guess what? With our shepherd nearby, with our shepherd nearby, we understand that we can walk. That we can walk. In fact, the sheep, if we start looking into this, the sheep would actually, they have the audacity to graze in the valley of the shadow of death. They are able to do that in the face of fear, their life is not on pause mode. In the face of fear, they don't run away. Why? Because they understand that their shepherd is nearby. You can still enjoy the benevolence of God in a difficult situation. In fact, that is my prayer for some of us. That is my prayer for many of us. Let us not Always try to avoid the dark things and distressing days. For it is in this valley of our lives that we find refreshment from God Himself. Secondly, it is but a valley. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yet a Palestine abounds in wild and gloomy valleys. And shepherd understands the perils that await in such valleys. You know, every mountain has its valleys. Its sides are scarred by deep ravines and gulches and draws. And the best route to the top is always along these valleys. There may be towering cliffs above them on either side. The valley floor itself may be dark. Why? Because sunlight seldom penetrates through. Minsan po, just a few minutes or a few hours of the day, that's the only time that, you know, the sun can actually penetrate through. Now look at this. It says here, it is but a valley. It is but a valley, friends. It is not a dead end. Let me remind us, we will not end up in a stone wall through the valley. In the Christian life, we often speak of wanting to move into the higher ground with God. Higher ground of communion with God. How we long to live above the lowlands of life. We want to get beyond the common crowd to enter into a more intimate walk with God. We speak of mountaintop experiences and we envy those who have ascended the heights and entered into this more sublime sort of life. Here's the fact. The fact is one only gains higher grounds by climbing up through the valleys, the disappointments, the frustrations. Have you ever been disappointed or frustrated the past couple of weeks? Have you ever been angry over something? Have you ever felt a feeling of distress in you? 
Have you had feelings of fear or doubt over something? Allow me to submit this to everyone. The disappointments, the frustrations, the discouragements, the dilemmas, the dark and difficult days, though they may be shadowed valleys in our mind, these need not be dead end streets because they can be the road that will lead us to our higher ground in our walk with God. The shepherd knows from past experiences that predators like coyotes, bears, wolves, different kinds of dogs would be taking cover in the broken cliffs around the valley. He knows that these valleys are subject to mudslide, rockslide, all sorts of danger. But in spite of such hazards, in spite of such dangers, in spite of such difficulties, he also knows that this is still the best way to take his flock to the high country, to take his flock to the mountaintops. That is why Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, it reminds us, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand, says the Lord. Third and last is the fact that says, It is but a shadow. Repeat that with me for a while. It is but a shadow. It says here, Even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death. A while ago, we started defining or we started looking at the words valley of the shadow of death in its original Hebrew. And it's actually just one word, and that is the word samoet, which means deepest darkness or black gloom. It could be translated to our deepest trials in life. It could be a picture of dangers. It could be a picture of distress of despair or perhaps depression that we may be encountering. What is comforting here? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it is called the valley of the shadow of death. It's not called the valley of death. It is not called the valley of death. Matthew Henry said, the shadow of a snake cannot kill you. No one has ever been killed by a shadow. It is but a shadow. Always remind yourselves of these three things. It is but a walk. It is but a valley. It is but a shadow. Then it says here, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, David tells every single one of us, he tells God and he tells his audience, that he will fear no evil. He did not say that there shall be no evil. He acknowledges the presence of evil. In the same way as Christians, we acknowledge the presence of difficulties. We acknowledge the presence of opposition in our life. We're not saying that things will fall right in place for us. We acknowledge that, but the key thing here is that he does not fear this evil, the word evil here, this original Hebrew is the word ra, which means bringing its inevitable injury and personal calamity. Evil spreading emotional pain with its pain-ridden linkages. Simple question, why are we able to face these kinds of evil? 
And it's found in that very verse. It says here, for you are with me. Like what I said, the premise at which all of these things stand on is the fact that says the Lord is our shepherd. Is the Lord your shepherd? It is not a concept. It is an offered reality. It is something that you and I can experience. God's presence brings us absolute security. Always go back to the fact that says the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. John chapter 16 verse 33. Here's what Jesus promised. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, we will encounter evil things. In this world, we will encounter difficulties. We will have trouble. But here's his promise. He said, take heart. I have overcome the world. Here's what the shepherd does. Your rod and your staff, David says, they comfort me. You know, shepherds would always bring with them their rod and staff. And what do they use this rod and staff for? They use this rod and staff for to number. They tap every single sheep and count them one by one. The shepherd knows how many sheep he has in his flock. In fact, the shepherd knows them by name. And he would use the rod and the staff to count. If the number is intact or if one is missing, he would also use this to direct and redirect. He would also use the run of the staff to push those who are withdrawing, those who are becoming fearful. He would use the run of the staff to push them, to encourage them to move on, to proceed. Halak. He would also use this to fetch those that gets astray. He would also use this to drive away coyotes, dogs, and bears. In the same way, our God fights for us. Our God protects us. God being our shepherd, he will do these things to us. He knows the very people who are his. And then he would direct us and redirect us. Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truths. And if we are withdrawing because of fear, God is there to push us, reminding us that He is nearby, that He is with us. He wants us to move on. He wants us to move forward. He wants us to proceed, to walk by faith and not by sight. In the same way, He would also fetch those that get astray. Have you ever found yourself going astray sometimes? He would bring us back. That is actually one of the ministries that he does. He reclaims backsliders. Bible tells us that he fights for us. In fact, an evidence of that is his incarnation. He clothed himself in flesh and blood. And that is an exclamation of Mark that he is fighting for us. And he is still fighting for us because he intercedes for us. That is what the Bible teaches. Always remind us of these truths. It is but a walk. It is but a valley. It is but a shadow. And as we end, let me tell you the story of someone who actually went or rather walked through the valley 
and actually died for you and for me. On the cross in Calvary, he went through that place for you and for me. So that affirms what he says when he said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. John chapter 19, verses 16 to 18, it says here, So he then, I handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus therefore and went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of skull. Kung meron pong valley of the shadow of death, then we have the place of skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two other men, one on either side and Jesus in between. He died for you so that he can save you. Our shepherd himself became the lamb led to the slaughter for you and for me. I hope and pray we find comfort, courage, and confidence in that truth. Some of you cannot comprehend this. It does get into you, but you can't fully comprehend this perhaps because you were abandoned by your parents when you were a child. You were abandoned when you were young. I want to let you know that we have a God who will never hide his face from you. We have a God who will not desert you. You have a good shepherd who has already turned his face away from his son just to prove to you that he loves you. Psalm 27, it says here, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? If the Lord is my light and my salvation, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victorydumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.